It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Behind the net, Couture there. Hurdle spins it back. There's Meyer. This is off to Carlson. 18 seconds left in the period. To Hurdle, the shot. Fanned on it. Chopped away by the goalie. It's a little holding the stick there. Yeah. On the rebound, Devils can't clear. Hurdle, cross ice. Meyer, back to Carlson. He shoots, star! Logan Couture causing all kinds of traffic in front. Eric Carlson ripping the wrist shot. It gets through, and the Sharks with 3.7 seconds left in the first period get a power play goal, and they're up 2-1. to one. Well, I mean, first of all, Eric's been great um, this season. Um, you know, I think he's he's done everything we've asked. He's been a, he's been a great teammate. He's, he's playing hard. He's bought into what, you know, um, Quinny's asked him to do, and and system-wise and play-wise, so he's been great. And, you know, he's this is who I've always thought he is as a player. You know, he's, he's had, a, you know, a few seasons that he's not thrilled with, but this is who I think he's he is as a player. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with him. He's, you know, we're fortunate to have him on the team. He's, you know, he's a, right now he's probably the Norris Trophy winner, so we're lucky to have him. And All right, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome as we get ready for another night of Sharks hockey. This will be the last home game for almost a month as the Sharks go out onto the road. There is the All-Star break, and then they'll be on the road again. So it's going to be about the middle of February before we see Sharks action at the tank again. That was first an Eric Carlson goal, and then General Manager Mike Greer speaking on the Sharks broadcast on NBC Sports California the other night. Uh, the game they actually lost 7-1 to that we don't want to speak of too much, but it's interesting to hear him talk about Eric Carlson, and one of the things that I think that he is right about is that this is who Eric Carlson is, especially a quote-unquote healthy Eric Carlson, and I'm sure that right now Eric Carlson does have some, some bruises and some bumps and some pains, but the thing is, he is healthy in the sense that there's nothing slowing him down. There is nothing that is going to be problematic for him when he's out there on the ice. And that, to me, is a huge, huge place for him to be because I think there have been health issues. And, you know, I don't know what happened in the 2021 shortened season because he just didn't look like himself or look comfortable throughout the entirety of that season. But, you know, I always like to remind people that in the 2019 or the 2018-2019 season, especially the playoffs, even though he was injured, he had our most points. And when you look at what he did in 2020 until he got injured, he was the point leader for the team. And yes, 2021 was a severe drop-off, but last year he was on pace once again to have a very, very good season. Then he got, you know, the COVID absences and the injuries. I mean, those added up and were an issue for Eric Carlson. And right now, he's not injured, he's not sick, and he's absolutely wrecking shop in the NHL. I mean, there's nobody out there in the league that can hang with him. And, you know, I understand why some people have been not the biggest Carlson fans because, yeah, when you're injured, when you have issues, those do not make people exactly enamored with you. But at the same time, he is healthy now. He is doing everything he has been asked to do and more. He is playing to the level of a Norris Trophy winner. You heard Mike Greer say it. I think he knows a thing or two about 
what that exactly requires. And that's the way that Eric Carlson's playing right now. And I can imagine that there are teams around the NHL that would be very interested in having Eric Carlson on his squad. And, uh, you know, I didn't see the entirety of the interview with Mike Greer. I'm just seeing some clips here because I was at the game actually watching the game. But, you know, I heard that one of the things he told beat reporters before the game um, was that the reporting about the Sharks wanting three first-round draft picks for Carlson was not entirely accurate. And, you know, I, I don't know. That's I, I was told that by Bob Stoffer, who said that that was something that he had heard. But, you know, it's, it's interesting just to hear that, you know, this talk is happening about Carlson. It's interesting to hear that this many teams are potentially interested in him. And we'll have to see where it goes. And I listen, I cannot blame these teams for being interested in Eric Carlson because he has played at such a high, high level. Let's go to the tank of Greer a little bit more. Here he is talking about the team as a whole. Well, I think uh, a couple things that I've, are, I'm pretty happy with right now. I think, um, you know, one of the main things was to change the culture um, and get things um, headed in the right direction in that regard. And I think we've done that. I think the guys have all bought into <clears throat> what I've asked and what Quinny's asked. Um, you know, I think they enjoy coming to the rink. Um, they're playing for one another. They're showing up and competing hard and working hard together. And um, you know, when you're kind of in a season that's not going the way you would hope, um, you know, it's easy to get down and kind of sulk a little bit. But I think the guys show up every day and they enjoy being around each other and they're playing hard. And um, the other thing I think is the style of play that, um, you know, we've implemented and Quenny's implemented is kind of that aggressive in-your-face style and trying to be on top of people. I think we've done that. And, you know, between those two things, we've, we've kind of given ourselves a chance to, to win most nights. All right, let's go into the final statement he had there first. The fact that they have had a chance to win most nights. That is probably the most frustrating part of this Shark season because he is right. The Sharks, more often than not, are in the game. And when they are in the game and when they are at the point of where they can give themselves a chance to win, that is usually where things fall apart. And I think that, yes, it's good that the Sharks are at a point where they can compete with every team in the NHL. I mean, the game against Edmonton, um, I don't know what happened there, but it was a relative aberration. The Sharks, whether it's been the Bruins, whether it's been Vegas, whether ever, you know, whoever it's been, the Sharks have been able to play pretty good hockey against just about anybody in this league this year. And yeah, they have not won nearly enough, but I also look at the fact that they have given themselves that opportunity. They have given themselves the ability to hang with just about every team in the NHL. And that is a step in the right direction. And yes, blowout losses will happen for bad teams. I think the fact that I do not have an understanding on it, it speaks so much to how the rare aspect of that comes into play with that seven to one loss. But you know where the sharks are right now, they can easily identify that they are competitive, but we all know that it's not enough to be just competitive. We want to see the sharks take that next step. We want to see the sharks be the type of team that, contends for a playoff spot soon. And I don't mean that that has to happen this year, obviously, because it just doesn't doesn't seem likely. But I think that people want to see them get to the point of where they are going to be taking those next steps and taking those next you know jumps in the team's progression to go from a team that loses to a team that you know can win a lot of these tight games and put themselves in a situation to be to at least be on the bubble. And I know that you know last year they were on the bubble later than this and they had a little bit more success. And you know you feel the absence of a Brent Burns and you see the team just you know is not being able to, to win quite as often. And I think that last year the the net minding was a little bit better, which was another factor. But 
it's not enough to compare to last year. It's enough to look at what the immediate problems are right now. And yes, some of the injuries that we've seen the Sharks have this year, unfortunate, like a cunning. That was one where he was a, a great newcomer. I really liked his game. Now he's done for the year. Um, it doesn't sound like we're going to see Nudavara anytime soon, which is sad just because I thought that there was some, you know, there's some interesting aspects of his game. Um, Nikolai Kanijov is coming back, so I'd like to see what he adds to the core of defensemen. And, you know, I, I've liked some aspects of Nick Chichek's game. He takes some penalties, which is unfortunate, but he's still at that learning phase of his career where he's got to get used to the NHL. And, you know, I think Redeem Shimmick has had a very nice bounce back year, but he's been dealing with some injuries. And, you know, it's just you you need depth. You need players that you can work with. And Nikolai Kanijov, when he has been healthy, he's looked very, very talented. And I hope that he can bounce back and be the type of player that he was before because it's, it's always rough when guys get hurt and they don't have that ability to come and play on a nightly basis and they go out for months and they come back and they have another, you know, months long injury, um, you know, very similar to what Clay Thompson went through. You know, Knizhov had the groin situation, then tore an Achilles. It's just, it's the worst. And these guys love, absolutely love playing in the NHL, taking it away from them from a couple of games to a couple of weeks to a couple of months and or longer. It's got to be torturous to these guys. So hopefully we will see Knizhov sooner than later, but you know, as it pertains to the whole of the Sharks, is just they are not there yet in terms of a team that can, can compete to win every night. Now, the Sharks have had a chance to compete most every night, but I don't know that I would say they've had a chance to win every night. They've been in a position to win, but I don't know that that's good enough as being in a winning position. And I know that we're getting into some nuance there, but, you know, too often, and we talked about this in the last game, when the Sharks have the ability to put the game out of reach or snatch control of the game, they don't do it. And if they were a team that could do that, I would say they are a team that's giving themselves a chance to win. Right now, it's more that I view them as they're in games. There are winnable opportunities, but they still need to learn how to win. They're still at that point where they don't know how to win these games. It's going to take time for them to learn, and hopefully they will learn it sooner rather than later. A little bit more from Greer. He also talked about when we might see some of the younger players in Eklund, the boards, who knows? Well, um, boards is, you know, he's played well down there and, I got to give those young guys all credit. They've put their head down. They've, um, you know, they've not complained. You know, him, Eklund, Gushkin, Co, Robbins, all those guys have gone down there and they've played hard. And um, you know, they're Johnny Max and his staff's done a good job with them. So, um, you know, they've uh, they've taken any criticism or advice we've had to work things for them to work on and add to their game, and they're trying to do it. So um, I think it's been a good experience for them down there, and you know I'm sure we'll, we'll see them up here at some point. Probably in the last parts of the season of after the deadline, after moves are made, after the Sharks are out of contention, because I think the idea is to give them freedom. And I know that you want to have structure, but I mean freedom in the sense that they don't have to worry about playoffs. They don't have to worry about pressure. They know they're in an opportunity where they can come up and put themselves in a chance just to learn more about the league as opposed to being put at a lower level where they are um, able to get up good points, but it's still not the same level of competition. Again, a lot of the speed and a lot of the power are evident at the American League level. Um, some of the continuity, some of the overall just ability for the team to connect passes and be fluid the same way at the NHL it's not there quite the same. Now, I do think that guys like Bordalo and Eklund in particular do have that next-level ability to play at the NHL. It's just I think Greer is right that he did not want to keep them around while the Sharks were getting 
um, beat up for the time being. And I don't think you want to have your team dealing with all of those issues. I don't think you want to have your team dealing with um, all of those different aspects. I think you just want to have them focused on themselves. And I don't know that the team could focus on just themselves with the young guys up. And I don't know that young guys could focus with just themselves if they had to deal with all the rigors of an NHL season at this point in their career. So there are some different aspects to look in here. And just because we talked to him the other day, Nick Nolenberger, um, to go off of what Greer had said about Bordelow, this is what Noli had to say about boards. Yeah, it's been a, it's been something that's come a little bit out of the blue. If you look at his stats over his career, you go back to Michigan, you go back to the U.S. development program. He's never been a big, big goal scorer. He's always had the ability to score, but has been more known for his playmaking ability. And this year, he's made plays. Obviously, he's highly skilled and he's really, I would say, nifty with the puck and confident and has a swagger to his game. But he's taken on this goal scoring prowess as well. John McCarthy said it. It's something that he noticed over his two years as as a development coach and, and working with the prospects. He noticed that Bordalo had this this shot that he didn't necessarily use very often. Mm-hmm. So when they got through training camp and de- development camp, he really kind of encouraged him to use it more. And it's something that Bordalo said just the other day that uh, it's he's worked on it a lot. So to him, it's improved over the last couple of years. But uh, just from a coaching standpoint, McCarthy said it's something that he noticed he had in his arsenal and something that he wanted him to utilize. And he's put it on full display. He's in that kind of flank position on the power play, much like Ovechkin, where you're in a shooting position. You're just looking at one time the puck when it's getting yeah. crossed cross ice. And he has scored multiple goals with his one timer. He's not a really big guy. I think he's five nine, um, but he's able to really generate some tor- or torque with that shot. Um, and he's got he's got a he's got a very hard shot for not being a really big guy. And that's been kind of his, uh, his way he's been able to score. It's been a lot on the power play leads, all rookies in goals and also in power play goals with eight. Um, so he's done a lot of damage in that, in that one time position. So I, I don't think it's anything that uh, people predicted going into this year was he was going to be the leading goal scorer on the team. And he was going to be a guy who you relied on to score goals on a regular basis, but it's obviously something sharks fans will take. And, uh, Hopefully it's something that he can translate once he's in the NHL that he's still got that playmaking ability, but he can fill it up as well. So um, certainly something that uh, has been fun to watch and see that game and that part of his game kind of develop as the season has continued on. And Noli also talked about the aspect of the Barracuda fighting for each other and like William Eklund fighting and that mentality that Greer and Quinn want to see where the guys stick up for each other. Yeah, it's really encouraging, right? You want to see all these young players learn along the way and develop their game. And you often see it in the AHL, maybe so, maybe more so than even in the NHL. When you get to that second half of the year, things start to slow down, points start to increase, or you can go the other way where a young player hits the wall because they aren't used to playing this many games. But we're getting to that point where you're in the second half of the year, and it's been physically grinding for the guys because of the volume of games. Because of the travel, this team has played a lot on the road so far. It, it's been a pretty rigorous travel schedule. But you come back home, you're kind of going through a little bit of a stretch. You've dropped four in a row after winning two in a row. And before that, you had lost eight in a row. So it's been a it's been a tough little stretch of games. But you're trying to get back on track, just trying to do little simple things. You're coming into a game where you, you're turning around less than 24 hours. And they were able to beat a team they hadn't beaten in three prior tries and really hadn't been very close to beating in, in three prior tries. So 
it, it showed off a, a lot of character from the team. It, it was encouraging to see William score twice in the power play. Mm-hmm. This is a, a young player that obviously has a ton of skill. There's a reason why he was a top 10 pick. But one thing last year, he went back to the SHL, and I think many thought he was just going to light it up from a statistics standpoint. And he played for a team that was maybe a little bit down, and he had just one goal. So this year, he's now already up to 11 goals in the American Hockey League, which is not an easy league to score in. Sometimes the AHL is a little bit more scrambly, I guess, the NHL. Pucks aren't always right on the tape. It's not as crisp. You aren't playing with guys like Eric Carlson on a nightly basis. So <laughs> there are just these magical plays, and it can get a little scrambly. It can be a little tougher to score and generate offense at times. So for William to be able to reach the double-digit mark already at this point as we just hit the halfway point of the season is really encouraging. And he's taken on that that role this year, and I think many of the young players where as their confidence has increased with the league and their comfort level, they've begun to take on different various roles. And we just talked about William stepping in there and dropping the gloves. It's something that we haven't really seen this year, obviously. He's not a a guy who's going to fight too often, if ever. But it's something that he's willing to take on because he's defending a teammate and it shows off multiple things. He's he's growing in, in his development. He's growing in his confidence and where he feels like he can help the team. It also shows how close this team is. This is one of the youngest teams in the AHL. There's a bevy of young players that are coming in this year and have all produced at a high level. Bortolo, Gushin, Eklund, as we mentioned. There's a list of guys coming in their first season. They're all growing together, and they all enjoy being around each other. So you've got all these different factors that have have played a role this year, which is, again, a really encouraging sight. And another thing I think that has initiated upper management to keep these players in the AHL. You've got young players developing, growing their game, but also building relationships with fellow players that hopefully one day are teammates in the NHL with the Sharks. If you want to hear that entire interview with Noli, be sure to check out the buildup for the last game just to get all his thoughts about everything that's been going on with the Barracuda. But you know what? Like I said, tonight represents another opportunity for the Sharks to get their fifth home win of the year. It is going to be nationally televised, which is always fun, but this Dallas team is talented. They are 26-12-7. They've got 59 points. Uh, They are just absolutely killing it right now, and it's been a battle between them and Winnipeg. Minnesota has rectified themselves, and Nashville has to an extent. Uh, Colorado, I think, will eventually figure things out as they get more healthy and deeper into the year, but Dallas has a lot to play for tonight and probably more than the Sharks do. The Sharks, if we look at where they are in the standings, seventh in the Pacific, 13 wins, 23 losses, nine overtime losses, including the one one game ago, again, against a very talented New Jersey team. And while that was an important game in the sense that they bounced back from the 7-1 loss to Edmonton, it was still a painful loss. And that's the thing is like, I always go back to the fact that teams, in my opinion, players, they need a reward for their efforts. And right now, it feels almost to an extent that the Sharks' efforts are being punished by the hockey gods just because so many games, they have had the chance to get a point or two points out of it. They have not. But that, again, goes back to this team not being there yet. They've been in games that are winnable, but I wouldn't say they've always put themselves in a winnable position. And that's the next step that the Sharks need to take. I don't know if that happens tonight. I don't know if that happens in March. I don't know when it happens with this team, but it is what they need to do. And, you know, we start talking about what's going to happen over the next few weeks and 
what we're going to see happen, who we're going to see up playing with the Sharks. It sets the stage for what we are going to see next year and the year after. All right, we are just about out of time. Be sure to join us at 6.30 tonight for pregame coverage. 7 o'clock game broadcast starts right here on the Sharks Audio Network. And if you want that home broadcast, be sure to sync up your TV broadcast with Dan Rusinowski on the Sharks Audio Network. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.